and welcome to The Scriptures Are Real. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that make them become just a little more real for us because we think we can draw more power out of them when they're real for us. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and this is a short cast on Ezekiel, where we're going to talk about some of the symbolic actions that Ezekiel did as a pro- kinds of prophecy. So let's just go over that concept in general. We've talked about symbolism in the Old Testament quite a bit, especially earlier in the year, and hopefully by now we're getting used to looking for symbolism and especially symbolic action. Symbolism really was probably the most, uh, when we talk about languages, that's not like English or Hebrew or Portuguese or Aramaic, but it's a kind of language that we use to teach and to speak and convey information and meaning. And it's probably the most common and profound language that God used to speak to the Israelites and with which they were expecting him to speak to them. And more than anything else, symbolic action spoke to them. This is true on large scale, like the way the Exodus happens. Those are symbolic actions that speak to them. But God often had his prophets engage in actions that were specific prophecies, sometimes like a contest with the priests of Baal, sometimes like uh, raising uh, someone from the dead or healing a spring. But often God told his prophets to do specific things that would teach symbolically, like asking Enoch to put clay on his eyes and then wash it off, right? These are symbolic actions that happen as prophecies, and a number of prophets are asked to do this. Uh, For example, we've talked about Isaiah who's asked to go naked for a while to symbolize how the Babylonians will be taken captive uh, as as naked slaves into Persia. Uh, And Jeremiah does a number of things. He throws a pot. We didn't cover that in our podcast, but he throws a pot and breaks it. That's actually a kind of an execration rite that uh, they do in other countries, but it's... uh, They would have recognized the symbolism behind that. Um, He buys a field so that the people will know and and gives it to his his, uh, relatives that are young, that they'll be able to come back and inherit it as a symbol that they'll be able to return to Jerusalem and so on and so on. There are a lot. He has this uh, kind of stinky underwear he has to get and, and parade around and so on. Anyway, all sorts of things. But I don't think that any prophet was asked to go through as many symbolic actions as Ezekiel. Uh, He, his prophecies, many of his prophecies were carried out in the form of symbolic action. Some of these he saw in vision, for example, the the leaving, uh, God leaving the sanctuary and coming back to the sanctuary that we talked about at length in the first uh, episode for this week. But let's just cover a couple of other symbolic actions that Ezekiel goes through. I think these are really, really interesting things. So we won't uh, touch on all of them, but let me touch on a few. So we're going to, we've talked about one when we did, uh, the episode on the temple and we talked about how uh, ezekiel as part of his commission is given a scroll of a book and he's told to eat it uh and it's sweet to him so this is part of god's answer of how this task he's given is it going to be terrible it's sweet to him so that lets us know that the the message used to give will be sweet to him it's not so sweet to everyone else but it's sweet to him because it's god's message but he eats the book this seems to be a symbol of his internalizing the book and then going and doing something with it. If we were to go to chapter four, uh, there are a couple of interesting things that happen in chapter four. First of all, in verse one, he's asked to take a tile or a brick. This is a, the word is like some kind of uh, thing you'd use for paving, which is often bricks, but something like that, uh, that you'd put on the ground. And he's supposed to portray or draw upon it Jerusalem. And then he lays siege against it. He, so in front of everyone, he's going to take this picture of Jerusalem and lay it down out there. And then he's going to put dirt around it and and camps and battering rams. And then he's going to get an iron pan and set it between him and uh, and the city so that it's like uh, there's an iron wall between them. And then he has to lay on his side 
for uh, the uh, symbolizing the number of days that uh, the house of Israel is going to be besieged 390 days. Now, I don't know if he has to lay on his side the whole time for 390 days. I'm guessing not. Or if he goes out where everyone can see him every day for 390 days and lays on his, uh, I think it's on his left side to begin with. Uh, and they uh, understand what he's doing there. And then he comes, he switches to his right side. And that's for Judah. So the first one was for the iniquity of the house of Israel. And the second one is for the house of Judah. And uh, it's going to be for the house of Judah, 40 days. And so uh, all totaled, this is what, 430 days that he's going to lay on his side against uh, this city that he's created, laying siege to it. Um, it's, it's so interesting. I can't imagine seeing President Nelson doing that, but uh, but but Ezekiel does that, and everyone sees it, and it speaks to them. It speaks powerfully to them, and they pay attention to it. Um, we we get verse eight, and I will lay bands upon thee, and thou shalt not turn uh, thee from one side to the other till thou hast ended the days of thy siege. This is what he's supposed to teach is going to happen to Jerusalem. Then in the second part of chapter four, uh, he's supposed to, Ezekiel's supposed to gather together some food, so wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and so on, and he's going to cook it, but he's told to cook it with human dung or poop, right? So uh, he's supposed to cook it uh, using not cow, uh, what do we call them, buffalo chips, but human chips as the fire with which you will cook these. And Ezekiel says, oh, no, please, Lord, please, not that. I've always worked really hard to stay ritually clean. I haven't been defiled by eating anything I'm not supposed to, but I'm not supposed to do anything like that. And so God says, okay, uh, I'll make it a little easier for you. Use cow dung or basically buffalo chips to cook this. That's still going to make them unclean, but at least it's not as bad as human dung. And uh, and so he, he does. He uh, cooks this food with uh, cow dung and eats it as a symbol that uh, they are going to be besieged and, and be broken down into to having to be defiled to even survive, eating things that they wouldn't normally eat and so on, even to survive. Interestingly, if you remember the podcast with George Pierce, when we uh, did some studies on the, the toilet uh, found in Jerusalem that went through this siege that he's prophesying of, uh, we found evidence of tapeworm and pinworm, and uh, we've had some people giving us feedback about even more about that and getting the idea that there's probably some fecal contamination involved in both of those, some of it from rodents uh, and so on. But anyway, so this seems to literally happen. Uh, he gives this prophecy of it, and it happens literally. And then if we go to the beginning of chapter 5, so the next chapter, uh, he says, Son of man, take thee a sharp knife, take a barber's razor, and cause it to pass by thine head and thine beard. And take the balances to wade and divide the hair. And basically, he's going to uh, divide it. So shave off his hair and his beard. Now, that's a sign of humiliation. Uh, it's what happens to servants and slaves to show that they're no longer wise and, and the leaders of themselves, but they are, are servants and slaves. So he's doing that. This is a lot he's asking of him. And then he's supposed to divide it into thirds. And he's going to take a third of it and burn it. And a third of it he's going to stab with a knife. And a third of it, he's going to toss in the wind and let the, the wind scatter it. And then this is a prophecy that the destruction is coming to Judah. And when it gets to Jerusalem, a third of them are going to be killed in, in by fire. And a third are going to be killed by the sword. And a third of them are going to be scattered. All right. So just this uh, interesting symbolic actionist prophecy. Let's move forward to chapter 12. All right. 
in chapter 12, um, Ezekiel's basically told, pack your bags and uh, take off as if you were in a hurry. So uh, it, it's just going to be uh, like you've got this kind of emergency trip that suddenly you have to pack your bags and leave. And so he packs his bags and leaves. He comes back. But the idea is that, that he's um, he's prophesying that the Jews in Jerusalem would be forced to leave their homes. They're going to have to pack their bags and leave. All right, let's uh, go to the second part of chapter uh, 12. Uh, this is going to be in verses 17 through 20. And uh, in verse 18, he says, Son of man, eat thy bread with quaking, and drink thy water with trembling and with carefulness. And say unto the people, Thus saith the Lord God to the, uh, the Lord God of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the land of Israel, they shall eat their bread with carefulness and drink their water with astonishment that her land may be desolate from all that's therein. So he just has to go out and eat in front of everyone, shaking and being careful and all this stuff, because that's what's going to happen in Jerusalem. They're going to be afraid as they eat, then they're going to have to start to ration their food and so on and so on. So again, this is all a prophecy about uh, what's going to happen to Jerusalem, and, and this is symbolic action that Ezekiel has to go through in order to show them this prophecy. Chapter 21 is another chapter that has quite a bit in it. So uh, if we get to chapter 21, verse 6 and 7, um, he's told to just go out in front of everyone and sigh and, uh, and, and, and like quake his legs, make his legs shake um, and, and sigh really loudly and beat his breast and so on. And then he's supposed to tell everyone, that uh, this is what's going to happen in Jerusalem. Uh, for the tidings, tidings are coming. Uh, every heart shall melt and all hands shall be feeble, feeble and every spirit shall faint and all the knees shall be weak as water. And that's coming because of the terrible things that are going to happen. So uh, I think that's a really interesting thing. Then we get uh, just a few verses later, He's told uh, to take a sword and say a sword, a sword, a sword, and just slash around with it. Um, and uh, then they're going to ask him, why are you doing this? And he's going to say um, that Jerusalem is going to fall by the sword. So this is another uh, just interesting thing that he's, he's asked to go out and do all sorts of things uh, just so that th these actions will become symbols that people will pay attention to. I think the saddest one, and we've seen all the tough things that Jeremiah went through, and certainly Ezekiel went through some tough things. I think this is the saddest one. Chapter 24, verses 15 through 24, Ezekiel is told, well, his wife dies. Um, and so uh, when his wife dies, he's not allowed to mourn. And mourning is a big and important thing uh, that you do for loved ones. We all mourn in our own ways, but they did very public mourning, and it was a way of, of uh, showing on the outside what was happening on the inside, but also it's a way of coping and dealing with these things. Um, and uh, it's a prophecy that the destruction that's coming um, uh, that uh, to Jerusalem, that uh, the, the destruction will be so terrible and they'll be carried away so quickly they won't have time to mourn. Uh, but I, it just breaks my heart to think of Ezekiel uh, when you, you get um, verse 18 of chapter 24. So I spake unto the people in the morning, and at even my wife died. And I did in the morning as I was commanded. And the people said unto me, Wilt thou not tell us uh, what these things are to us that thou doest so? 
And I answered them, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Speak unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will profane my sanctuary, and, and so on. And he goes on to talk about it. But it's so hard that uh, Ezekiel is told by God, go out and tell everyone your wife's going to die and you're not going to mourn her. And then that night she dies and he can't mourn. That's a hard one. But uh, Ezekiel did it. Ezekiel prophesied both to his people and to the, the so the people that were uh, there with him in exile. And word of this was carried to people in Jerusalem. And these prophecies were some of the ways that God warned them, please repent so you won't be destroyed. But they didn't listen to his prophets. And that's a very sad thing. Um, but, but it's not because God didn't send them very strong, powerful, and vivid warnings. And so I hope we have a strong prophet who teaches us so clearly right now. I hope we'll listen. I sure hope we'll listen. And it's my prayer that we will, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.